The views and opinions expressed on the Untold History Revealed podcast are solely those of the individual stating them and are not necessarily those of the Untold History Revealed owners. Now sit back and grab a cup of coffee or tea as we discuss some moments in history that may have been untold or forgotten. Another episode of Untold History Revealed starts now. You know what? You're going to kill me. Why? All those episodes that we were doing, I don't think I had the microphone on and the record button going. What am I going to do with you? My goodness. Guess we're going to have to do them over again. All our poor listeners, they've been waiting. and you Waiting and waiting and waiting. You've been posting nothing. Alright, anyways, hello gang and welcome to another episode of Untold History Re- Revealed. I am your host, Sean Donnelly. And I'm your co-host, Marianne Donnelly. Well, let me tell you who we are, what we do, and why we're doing this. We are the owners of Dark Shadow Ghost Tours and PanicD.com. And throughout the years we've done a lot of research and investigations and traveling in this great country of ours. And we have a lot of information and decided to put together this little podcast to talk about history and forensics and paranormal and things like that. Some things you may have heard before, maybe some details you haven't, um, but basically this is meant to be like a little hobby type thing. Mm-hmm. And we said we keep doing it as long as we were having fun. Yep. And then, of course... Life gets in the way. I was just going to say, life got in the way. <laughs> life gets in the way. Sorry, folks, we haven't been on for a while, but uh, we're starting up again. There we go. Um, yeah, we've got to work out the, the cobwebs here, where all the buttons and everything are. <laughs> so, I don't know about you, but I, I, I do have a lot of fun doing this podcast. Yeah. I enjoy it. Yeah. I love, especially Truthfully, if you come, come up on. with, especially if you come up with a topic that I don't know too much about, I like go and start doing extra research just because I can. And then I get all excited and agitated and it makes for my, well, my problem, enjoyment. Well, the problem is, is we're supposed to be going over all the research and stuff we already have, but when we come but up we with a topic and we try to new. find more, it's like we keep digging and digging and digging and... I know. We probably have enough to do thousands of podcasts. Probably, episodes, yeah. You know, but we always have to dig deeper. And That's right, because we want to know more. Yeah, it's a curse. Yeah. All right, so anyways, you know, we haven't done this in a while. Uh, I think, well, I, I did look, but I, rem- I, I don't remember. I think it was September maybe of last year We was our last one. It was so episode 19. We took off for the holidays. <laughs> And the long, end of the school year. Long holiday. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I missed it. I missed doing it. And, you know, I got the notice about renewing our subscription on Podbean. And, and I'm like, okay, well, are we going to bring this back? Or are we just going to let it go? Or, you know, what? So I logged in and I looked. And, you know, we have 19 episodes out there now. This makes our 20th episode, but it's actually season two, episode one. Okay, but this is our 20th podcast. 
Do you know how many downloads we've had? I don't know. How many have we had? 11,582 downloads. It's a lot of downloads for 19... 19 episodes. (laughs) Now, that could be one of two things. Either people are downloading and listening to our podcast, which is cool. I mean, that's why we're doing it. Or, you know, just somebody sitting there, you know, on on and keep hitting refresh, you know. I don't know that it works that way. I, I don't know either. But I think, you know, if you download it, you download it. I don't know how I don't know. do the counter, yeah. but we're up there. We're over 10,000, 11,000, actually. Um, this one might push us over 12, so. That's right. Guess what, folks? If so, that's a lot of twos. Season two, 12,000, you know, the two in the 12,000. Yeah. 20th episode. Lots of twos. But I think it's safe to say we're back. I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hopefully life will work with us <laughs> and let us keep going. Um, okay, so normally our schedule, what we had before, we're going to we're gonna try to stick with that again. Uh, we came out with a new one every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Okay. Uh, but till we get back on track and get caught up, we might be, you know, the next few or several episodes we're just gonna knock them out and post them okay kind of get caught Ooh, up. you're gonna do that oh my goodness well you know we got time off right now <laughs> okay you know it is the holiday season but, <laughs> you know you never know what happens but uh maybe we'll record them and, and space them out in case we do get busy mm-hmm. which you know what you know and talking about this when we let it go we went away last summer Mm-hmm. And a lot of people probably don't realize this. We pre-recorded what, like six podcasts, and they were scheduled and went out. We did it like ahead of time, right, so that we could go on vacation. <clears throat> yeah, so then we went away for a couple weeks. Yeah, I don't know why we didn't. I, I don't know. You know, when I say life, I mean work. Yeah, work got the, in the real, way. the real, Our job. real job. What? What pays, what pays the, bills the bills and gives us money to eat, and I like to eat. <laughs> if you haven't seen my picture, you know, you know. Well, if you have, if you have seen my picture, you know I like to eat. I like my groceries, so <laughs> I guess I have to, you know, give give time and props to the regular job. But there you go. Okay. All right. Well, this episode is titled "The Truth About July Fourth." Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, I think our listeners like when we do the truth abouts. These episodes seem to, I think they were doing well, weren't they? The truth abouts. Why do you think we get most of our downloads on some of the, like, the creepier ones, like the bloodiness <laughs> behind this and the well, truth about this? Well, and, that is the truth oh. about the bloody icky, what, whatever. <laughs> okay. Well, July 4th. Okay, so when you think of July 4th, what... Why is July 4th significant? Well, that's known as our Independence Day here in the United States. Exactly. But why did they pick July 4th? Supposedly, that's when we had the signing of the Declaration of Independence. That's what most people think. Yes. Um, that's what I thought. Why would like you? Why wouldn't you? Know? you right? and in school, you learn about the Declaration of Independence and things like that. And they, Okay, you're a school teacher. Yes. All right, when you have a topic, mm-hmm. how long do you have to work on a specific topic with the kids? 
and then you got to be done and move on to the next topic. I mean, not long time wise. Okay, so an average uh, you teach high school, so yes. you have what fifty five minutes a day, roughly. approximately. And then out of that fifty five minutes, you got to spend at least twenty minutes with classroom management. You know, shut up, sit down, <laughs> get your stuff out, quit touching her. Well, it depends on the classroom. Mine, mm-hmm. I have fewer of that because I roll with the iron fist. And- okay, so let's say fifteen <laughs> minutes. Okay, so at least forty minutes. All right. Now, how many class periods within a given week are you dedicated to a topic? One, maybe, if that. And then on that topic, you have to have a pre-assessment, post-assessment, you know, some sort of lab. So by the time you're done, you get like 10 minutes. (laughs) Boy, he is really picking some funny numbers out of here. But okay, yeah. The idea is is that there's really very little time per topic. So 10 minutes to go over a topic like... Independence, you know, Declaration of Independence, to go over the details of that, it's not enough time. Right. It's not. No, absolutely So, not. we have an hour. <laughs> I think we've wasted 10 minutes, maybe, but then we got, you know, a break and stuff like that, but we have more time to talk about this. And sure. the truth about July 4th, and July 4th was not the day that they signed the Declaration of Independence. Right. It was not the day that they declared independence. Mm-hmm. July 4th was the day that they approved the final draft of the Declaration of Independence. Right. And the date that ended up on top of the, the printings. Top, the printings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Show's over. That's it. That's the truth <laughs> about the <laughs> I no, think that the it. listeners want a little bit more. Yeah, we got a little bit more. <laughs> um, and, you know, we got a timeline to go over and, uh, you know, a little bit about the story about July 4th and things like that. But let's uh, let's dive into it. Let's talk about the story of July 4th and how... How we got there? How we got to that date. Awesome. Okay? And how it became a national holiday. Okay. Which, by the way, it really wasn't made a national holiday until like actually i think all of the signers were dead already yes it was like 1870 it was yeah and, and the last the last surviving signer actually died in 1930 no, or those, in 1832 for those of you who don't know the declaration of the independence was in 1776 right right i guess okay. we probably should have mentioned that. Over that so you know it was almost 100 years later before it became a national holiday okay so let's let's go over the story of july 4th a little bit here um let me just make sure one thing real quick that we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> that would suck. <laughs> okay, yes, we are recording. All right. So we celebrate American Independence Day, 4th of July. Okay. Um, most people think July 4th was the uh, date of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. I'm repeating myself, but I'm also reading this <laughs> right here. You're reading your Just notes? Smack me. Hey, it's been, what, what'd you calculate, nine months? Okay, I know. give me a break. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so July 4th, um, like I said, was the date that they approved the final draft of the Declaration of Independence. It was actually July 2nd. You're looking at me no, like go I'm, ahead. I'm wrong. No, I'm Jump just... in if I'm wrong. No. But I, it was July 2nd. 
when they convened. It was actually July 1st okay, when so they the reconvened. Okay, so they convened on July 1st, but July 2nd was when they were presented with the first copy of the Declaration of Independence after there were modifications made from the first draft. Right, so they reconvened on July 1st. Okay. And then on July 2nd, they ratified or accepted the Lee Resolution for Independence. And then after they had agreed upon that, then they went ahead and handed over their draft of the Declaration of Independence, said, hey, guys, let's take a look at this, and make. they made some changes. They discussed it for, you know, the 2nd, the 3rd, and the morning of the 4th. Okay. So the uh, Continental Congress approved the final wording, or the final draft, of the Declaration of Independence on July 4, 1776. Uh, they've been working on it in a couple of days, like you just said. Um, and all of the... Uh, Okay, so they finally agreed on it. Um, July 4th became the date that was included on the Declaration of Independence. In the fancy handwriting copy um, that was made. That copy is now displayed at the National Archives in Washington, D.C. It's also the date that was printed on the Dunlap broadsides, which we'll talk about are we talking about in this or maybe yeah. in the next well, one? Okay. we'll talk about it a little The bit. Dunlap broadsides, uh, the original printed copies of the Declaration were mm-hmm. circulated throughout the new nation. They weren't signed yet. The Dunlap broadside copies did not include signatures. They were actually like a typeset. It was a type printing. It wasn't the handwritten yes. uh, copy. Okay. Yes, because um, that wasn't made until later. So when people thought the Declaration of Independence, July 476, was the date you know, that's what they remember because that's what was on top of the Declaration of Independence. Right. Okay. Um, so in contrast, there's another date. And I did. you said earlier you knew this. I did okay, know there's it. There's another yeah. date, September 17th, that's celebrated every year. I'm, I'm approaching 49 very, years old. I don't remember It's not this, extremely or, celebrated. Not yeah, anything like the 4th of July. Constitution Day. Right. And that's the day when they signed the Constitution. Okay, so the actual signing of the Declaration of Independence took place on August 2nd. Yes. Of 1776. Yes. Okay. So how did the 4th become a national holiday? Well, for the first, actually, 15 to 20 years after the Declaration, um, it really wasn't celebrated that much. No. You know, there was a lot of stuff still going on, uh, you know, a little bit of turmoil. And the thing about the Declaration of Independence, too, it was, you know, you, you got to imagine that the 13 colonies were governed by England, okay? And, and I'll go through the, the timeline later, but they were governed by the king, okay? So when they declared this and, and put together this document... All the people who put their signatures on there were considered, you know, that's considered to be treason. Right. Okay. I mean, this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and even after it was signed and sent to England and so on and so forth like that, and, and the nation or the world knew about this, um, there's a lot of stuff going on for a while before we can actually truly celebrate July 4th. That's the point I'm getting to. But, um, 
there was a quote by John Adams in a letter that he sent to his wife. And I don't know where it is, but I'll just paraphrase it. But he thought that everything's going to be celebrated on July 2nd. Oh, yeah. He definitely wanted it July 2nd. Yeah. Um, Because that's basically where um, they agreed on the Lee resolution saying, hey, you know, we don't want to be part of you anymore. And so technically he thought, hey, July 2nd then. But considering they didn't all get to sign off on that that day. Right. And and, um, the year 1817, he actually wrote a letter I don't know who he wrote it to. Maybe his wife. I don't know. You know, back then, that's how a lot of things were documented, was in letters being sent to people. Yeah, especially to spouses and friends. Um, But in 1817, he wrote a letter and complained that America seemed uninterested in the past in reference to not celebrating, you know, the Declaration of Independence. Um, But that was soon to change. Okay, so after the War of 1812, the Federalist Party... Um, it began to fall apart. Now, the Federalist Party was the one that kind of followed still the England form of government and things of that nature. Um, the Democratic-Republican Party, which was um, favored by Jefferson, um, began to you know, take hold. And printed copies of the Declaration, again, was circulated throughout the country. And that kind of sparked off more of the celebration of July 4th and things like that. So it was really after, you know, it was in the 1820s, 1830 type uh, time frame. And then after the death of Thomas Jefferson and John Adams, which happened to be on July 4th um, in 1826. The 50th anniversary. Right, that was the 50th anniversary. That kind of cemented that date and time, uh, July 4th. So, um... That's when celebrations of the 4th of July became common, and um, it was almost 100 years. It was in 1870 um, when Congress finally declared July 4th to be a national holiday. Um, There was actually a bill that recognized other holidays, including Christmas. Um, And then there was further legislation in 1939-1941 that actually passed these national holidays. So... It was like a hundred years after the signing of the Declaration that it became a national holiday, July Fourth. So, for the first time. Yeah. So then again, uh, that's it. We're done. No, I'm Stop. kidding. Stop! <laughs> Stop with that. You're confusing everyone. Yeah. Okay. So you had a little tidbit about uh, Thomas Jefferson and John Adams, didn't you? About their their death. About their death. Oh yeah, absolutely. I know Thomas I Jefferson was 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 forcing to like stay alive to see the fiftieth. I think they. He wasn't were, doing yeah. very well, you know, and he was he was in uh, uh, Monticello in mm-hmm. Virginia, um, and he was he was trying to stay alive to see that date. I mean, the guy drafted the original, and you know that kind of thing, but. They were competitive. A little bit. Yeah. Very competitive, actually, John Adams and, and Thomas Jefferson. So what's your little tidbit there? Well, of course, they both died on the same day. 
the 50th anniversary of the Declaration, uh, July 4th of 1826. And it turns out that Jefferson actually died first that day. But Adams didn't know that. And so he's laying on his deathbed and unaware that Jefferson had already passed away this morning or whenever, you know, sometime before he did, he says, Thomas Jefferson survives. And then he dies. So that was like his last one word. Of his, one of his last, last word, word but, sets were that Thomas Jefferson was going to survive and he was going to die. And turn out that, you know, Jefferson was already passed on. So he, he actually won, but he, he didn't won, know it. but he didn't know it. Well, I guess he knew it when we <laughs> went upstairs. And met, but, uh, yeah, so yeah. that was that was something even to their their dying breaths. Yeah. They uh, That's some competition right there, but they didn't know. All right, so um do you believe it's time to take a break already? Already? Already. Wow. Already. Or yeah, we're pretty close to halftime. Okay. Um so let's take a quick uh, break and then we'll come back and go over a uh, timeline and some interesting facts about the Declaration of Independence. Okay. All right, so we'll be right back. Hold tight. calendars, close your doors, and turn off all the lights. As twice a month, BTE Radio brings you a new episode of The Haunted Spotlight. Sean and Marianne Donnelly of Dark Shadow Ghost Tours dig deep into the archives of the Panic D database and take you inside a different location with each new episode. Learn the rich history and hear the paranormal claims of some of the most infamous and unsuspecting locations from around the country. Ever wonder what roams the property or lurks behind those closed doors? Curious about the true history of that creepy house that sits down the street? Want to know what evidence a paranormal investigation group may have captured? Then find out every other Sunday and tune in to BTE Radio for another chilling episode of The Haunted Spotlight, if you dare. Okay, we're back, and we're talking about the truth behind July 4th. Um, The next thing I want to do is kind of go over the timeline of actually how things came about. How they progressed to get us to the actual declaration we know and love today. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so like I said earlier, you you have to imagine that the 13 colonies... The, there was no federal government. There was no United States, okay? It was all governed by England and the king, okay? And for a few years, he's imposing all these taxes and everything. You've heard of the Boston Tea Party and all that Sons of Liberty and everything like that, mm-hmm, which, mm-hmm. you know, I'm throwing out names for possible I know, I'm thinking, podcasts. oh, there's another one. Oh, there's <clears throat> another one. Right. Um so everything kind of came to a head on April 19th, 1775. And this was actually the term a shot heard around the world has been used multiple times, but this was the first time 
that phrase was coined because there were shots fired at Lexington, at Lexington and Concord in Massachusetts, which started the Revolutionary War. And that started thing. That was April 19th. 1875. How about 1775? Did I say 1875? You did. You did. But that's okay. 1775. <laughs> it would be terrible for the Revolutionary War to start 100 years or so after we had our um, and I just thought of something. That's what makes these things so hard. Is is like I'm I'm thinking. Okay, who fired? Who fired the shots? You know, let's let's start looking into that. And that's how these things. That's that's how our hobbies. That's our hobby. It's like you see that little thing, or, or oh, that was a ruler. That, that was a ruler. You're making the noise. No. Okay. Um, you know, we see these little tidbits, and then it's like, okay, well, who did this, and who did it, and, and one thing leads to another. Before you know it, it's like three o'clock in the morning, and oh, I got to go to work in the morning. And, yes. All right. So I'm rambling. It's Anyways. not three in the morning, by no, the way. No, 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 it's not. <laughs> all right. So let's go over this timeline again. All right. So April nineteenth, seventeen seventy-five. Yes. All right. First shot starts the Revolutionary War. June 7th, 1776. Do you want to take that one so I don't screw it up? Go ahead. <laughs> well, this is when Richard Henry Lee of Virginia, one of the delegates from Virginia, makes a motion in a meeting at the Continental Congress. And um, he reads this resolution that has a few parts, but in it he states that these United Colonies are and are of right ought to be free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegiances to the British crown, and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved. Okay, so let's just be clear. June 7th, 1776. Yes. Pre-declaration. Yes. However, however... It was the first Continental Congress. Yes. So the nation wasn't even formed yet, but these delegates got together. Right. Right. It was the all of the During all of the, the colonies war. on this right. continent got together well, for the I'm Continental is, Congress. What I'm yes. saying is I'm trying to 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 paint the picture of how it was. This was during the war. Yes. All these guys risked their lives, get together. And have this Continental Congress, and the nation wasn't even formed yet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So at the time, before he brought this to the actual Congress itself, they had kind of done kind of how they do today. They kind of talk to each other and say, "Hey, would you be willing to like that talk about this?" Doors, you behind the scenes type. Yes. Yeah. So they had talked, you know, individually to people, and they said. Eight of the colonies at this point would agree to breaking ties with Britain. When eight they, of the thirteen. Eight of the thirteen. When they come in and he reads this into the record, basically, um, it looks like it's only going to be seven to five. So they decided to table it on okay. June eleventh because they needed a unanimous. They vote. they wanted. They didn't really need. They had more than it 
you know. Well, you know but they, what, though? But they wanted to have it come out to the British. We all want this. So <coughs> they really wanted it unanimous. But what would happen if it wasn't? say seven broke off five didn't does those five still govern under england and you see what i'm saying could have okay it could have could have very well done that all right so we ready to move on so on june 11th okay june 11th they've been in, they've been in congress you know it's been a few days they decided to table this they said you know we'll we'll do the vote when we come back from our break we're gonna go on break for three weeks Let's just table it. Let's think about it. Let's talk to some more of our, our, you know, our constituents, you know, see how things are going. And so they decide to table it, but they convene three different groups, three well, different Adams, committees. John Adams convened, convenes a committee. Well, they, oh, they, I'm sorry. they convene three committees. Okay. For each of the parts of the Lee resolution, they, they need to have a committee that's really going to come up with stuff. So they convene these three different committees. One to draft um, a declaration of independence. One to plan uh, for foreign allegiances to okay. kind of come up with how are we going to deal with the, the other So this countries. is the beginning of the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Bill and and three, prepare and digest the form of a confederation. Okay. So those are the three committees that get made. And um, one of those committees, obviously, was the one for the writing of the actual Declaration of Independence. That was known as the Committee of Five. Okay. Yeah, and that's another thing, too, is most people think Thomas Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence. Not 100% true. Right. He came up with the first draft. Because nobody else wanted to work on it. They're like, Thomas, you know, you, you go do it. Yeah, they pressed you him put together into something, doing it. And then we'll, we'll help you modify and, you know, make changes so right. on and so forth. So the Committee of Five that we're now, actually Thomas Jefferson on there. Was, was considered one of the most intelligent men there in that room. I mean, Ben Franklin was there and all this. But Ben Franklin was, like, in his 70s. He was 70. You know, so his, he his was mind the was a little bit going a little he bit He was there, the oldest me. signer, by the way, of the Declaration so of Independence. So that's why they said, hey, Tom, you know, you're, you're, you're more elegant and intelligent and that kind of stuff. You go start it, and then we'll, we'll try we'll, and We'll tweak you. it. Yeah. yeah, so the Committee of Five was actually John Adams of Massachusetts, Roger Sherman of Connecticut, Benjamin Franklin from Pennsylvania, Robert Livingston of New York, and Thomas Jefferson of Virginia. And again, they kind of let Thomas Jefferson be the uh, the official workman, basically, of the group. And they said, eh, go ahead, go for it. So he did, and he comes up with this version, he's working on it, and he actually asks Franklin and Adams for their thoughts and corrections. After he comes up with the the initial written version that he came up with. Okay, let me stop you there. On this timeline, it says, Two days in mid-June of 1776, Jefferson writes the first draft of the Declaration. He said later that he never meant to say things that had never been said before. Instead, he tries to capture the common sense of the subject in terms so plain and firm as to command their assent. Who writes like that? That's deep. That's very deep. <laughs> very deep. Yeah. Okay. 
So he ends up doing what he thinks is best, and then he asks for Franklin and Adams to come in and take a look at what he's come up with, and they make some changes, um, make some corrections, and then he ends up writing out. How did we go from writing like that to, you know, it's like we're getting dumb. what we have today. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, so anyways... um, Jefferson then goes ahead and rewrites it with their changes. He holds on to his copy that has the original changes from, um, you know, Adams and Franklin, what they were, like, inserting in that. But he has that one. He takes, he writes the new, nice, clean version, and that's the one that they're going to present to the Continental Congress. Okay. Okay? So now we're to... July July 1. So July 1, okay, they I go back. I don't have that on my timeline. So, go ahead. <laughs> so July 1, they go back, they reconvene, <coughs> you know, probably the, hi, how you doing, what you do on your vacation kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then on July 2nd, they actually bring the Lee resolution back to the table. Okay. So they bring that back to the table, and 12 of the 13 vote I. Meaning, yes. They Twelve of the 13. Twelve of the 13 colonies. So it's better than seven. Definitely better than seven. Okay. The 13th is actually, you know which state? Or which colony? I know. <laughs> New we'll York. Tell, there you go. It was New York. And they didn't. They actually abstained. They didn't vote no. So they were there. They, just they were there. They abstained didn't, from voting. They abstained from the vote because there had been some changes that happened in New York, and they wanted to make sure that everybody that was now sort of in charge in New York was going to be in agreement. Okay. Um, so here's what I have for July 2nd. The Continental Congress votes to declare independence from Great Britain formally adopting the Lee Resolution, Mm -hmm. which is what you said. Mm -hmm. The next day, and here's this quote that that I knew I saw somewhere. That you wanted. Yeah. The next day, John Adams writes a letter to his wife that the second day of July, 1776, will be the most memorable... Epic. (laughs) ...in history of America. I ought to solemnize... With pomp and parade, with shows, games, sports, guns, bells, bonfires, and illuminations, which is saying fireworks, fireworks, from one end of this continent to the other, from this time forward, furthermore. Forevermore. So, again, Adams thought it would be the second. He definitely Because did. that's when they adopted the... Lee resolution resolution. saying, we don't want to be part of Britain anymore. Right. We don't want to be under your control. So do you have anything for the third? So, well, immediately after that, on the second, they present what Franklin and the the rest of the committee of five came up with. Okay, so they're presented that on the second. Yes. After the Lee resolution is accepted, they they present this. they thought... Boom, here it is. We're done. Everyone's going to adopt this. Well, they thought they had a pretty good yeah. thing. However. However, they didn't. Well, 
Well, they did, but, you know, everybody wanted their own little writings, changes, you know. Everybody has their own ideas as to what should be in there and the way it should be written. So they have some changes. So remember I told you... How many people were there? Was it 50? There were 56. 56. 56 that have So you got 56 people in the room, and they're like, well, we got... Can you, how about if you say yeah. this? How about if we say it like this? But and anyways, it's not like they had a laptop with it on there. You know? No, <laughs> but speaking of not having a laptop, remember I said that Jefferson kept his copy, his original copy that he had had the changes from Ooh, Adams. Where that's Nobody knows. Nobody knows. No, it's disappeared. Original. It was not. Wow. It was not kept and preserved. But anyway, he has this, and on there he's inscribing the changes. Mm-hmm. That everybody in the room wants. While he's sitting there. While he's sitting there. Probably I getting, want that. Probably getting pissed. Yeah, he wasn't happy. He did yeah. have some reservation well, I, about making some I of those changes. Here, right? I don't know. I wouldn't. I... You use that word in your classroom. Go, go, uh, go ahead. No, I, I already said it once. Oh. Okay. All right. Anyways. All right. So, anyways, he he actually was writing the changes that they thought they wanted. On his version that he originally started. I just wish they would have preserved that. They did not preserve that one. They actually preserved the one that he had written out after Jefferson had shown it to Adams and Franklin. Mm -hmm. They preserved that one. But not the actual original where he was sitting writing out all the notes and changes. Can you imagine if that surfaced? That that would would be be so awesome. That would be so awesome. Yeah, I'll get it for you for our anniversary. Thank you, dear. <laughs> anyway, happen. so that one was supposedly not happen, not preserved, but they think that that's the one that they took on the 4th in the afternoon to see John Dunlap with. All right, well, you're skipping ahead. I know, okay. but that's what they think happened to oh, it. Oh, and then John Dunlap cleaned it up. Okay, yeah. okay. well, then maybe he had but, yeah, or but what happened to it after that? We just right. don't so know. Anyways, July 3rd, <laughs> the Continental Congress begins debating and editing the draft of the Declaration, eventually mating, making 86 edits and cutting the length about a fourth. Yeah, I would be ticked off if I was Thomas Jefferson. Number one, they made me do it. I sat here and did all this time, you know, all this other yeah. stuff, and now I can sit here and make all this. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be upset, but... But he still has that backbone of the True. of the declaration itself, True. you know. Right. So he he should still feel happy about that. But he was not happy with all the changes. Well, I don't blame There him. were some of them that he just was not happy about. All right. So this gets to the actual date that everybody celebrates, which is July 4th, 1776. Okay. So the Continental Congress approves the final draft of the declaration, formalizing what had already been decided on on July 2nd. Right. They had decided to back away, be independent. And they hire a printer called John, or his name was John Dunlap, to print copies of the Declaration to be distributed throughout the colonies. Yeah, he was apparently the, the guy that did all of the printing for their Congress. Like, he was the one who they had pretty much hired to always do their printing for them. So, uh, it turns out that the committee of five actually has to take it to him to have done. Like the the Congress, like, yeah, it's still your job. You're still in charge of this document, so go get it taken care of. So they actually had to go. Hey, Tom, run over there to the printers, <laughs> will you? Yeah. <laughs> 
So he goes out. They actually went over to John Dunlap's, uh, and like I was mentioning a a minute or so ago, you know, that's where where they think Jefferson took his original that he had written with all those changes, where they actually went there and then had him type type typeset it. Yeah, but it was written again because the the one that's on, you know, the official one that's signed is handwritten. Right, that was handwritten by um, Matt. Are you stop? You're jumping ahead. I get excited. We're trying to do a timeline here. (laughs) Okay. So July fifth, Dunlap delivers his two hundred copies. Go ahead. Okay, so nobody knows how many copies. It's it's written pretty much everywhere, all over the place, that it's 200 copies. But, but nobody know really sure. knows that it was 200 copies. They don't know how many he was able to get done in one night. Okay. But, you know, there is another 200 copy thing that happened later on in history that, you know, we'll talk about. Okay. And that's where I think the 200 actually okay. came from. All right. So the, they now called these copies the Dunlap broadsides. Now... These weren't handwritten. These were typeset. Typeset, yes. Okay, and no signatures. Or the, on, there were no signatures on but it them. Did have although the date, July it did 4th, have July fourth, right? and okay. it did have um, John Hancock's name on it as the president of the con- no Congress, yeah. and it did have the secretary's name on it. Okay, the Continental Congress secretary's name. So one of the copies of this, um, the Dunlap broadside, was officially entered into the Congressional Journal. And the other copies were distributed throughout the colonies. Yeah, they sent them to the different colonies. They sent them to the, um, you know, commanders in of our military, things like that. They kind of s- distributed them around. Okay, so July sixth, um, the Pennsylvania Evening Post becomes the first newspaper to reprint the whole declaration. But news of the July 2nd decision to declare independence has already been widely reported and various celebrations and discussions are already taking place throughout the colonies. Yeah, but what's interesting is it wasn't actually until the 9th when it was actually officially approved. Well, we're getting there. You're jumping ahead again. All right. But everybody's celebrating. Yeah. Well, well, that's all right. All right. So July 8th. The declaration is read publicly to the people of Philadelphia. Around this time, Congress gets around to sending a copy of the declaration to its emissary in Europe to be distributed to various European governments. However, the original letter is lost and the declaration isn't formally delivered to Great Britain and the rest of Europe until November which is quite interesting, when news of the Declaration had already reached Europe. Yeah. So those those Dunlap broadsides, there's only 26, of, 26 copies known to exist today. Mm-hmm. All the other copies, they've been destroyed, disappeared. There are 26 official known copies, and there are two of them over in Europe. And there are three of them that are in the hands of private collectors. And then the rest of them are, you know, we don't United States. No, I wish. You know, but like museums and things like that have yeah. the others. Um, but there's only 26 of those copies that are left. I wonder what happened to the one that actually got lost on its way to Europe. Know. The first, the official one that we were sending to say, hey, we're done with you. I, I want to know what happened to that one. Yeah. Did it get lost in in rough seas, or like seriously, what happened to it? 
Well, that leads us to July 9th. Now, here's where this gets interesting. So, when was it approved officially? Was it the 2nd? Was it the 4th? Was it... And actually, for full unanimous approval, it really didn't happen until July 9th, 19... Or 1776, sorry. That's okay. This is when New York finally approves the Declaration. Right. And they are the last of the 13 colonies to do so. So, in reality... The final approval was not the second, was not the fourth, but it was the ninth. ninth. Yeah. But the fourth is still on there, and they've already made copies, and they've already distributed them, and it's been printed in the newspaper and read publicly. And then New York's like, okay. I guess guess we probably (laughs) should sign this thing then, right? You know. Yeah, so all 13 of them finally are approved on the ninth. Yeah. Yeah. So... All right, so this moves on to July 19th. You want yes. to go ahead and take that one? So on July 19th, Congress actually orders a fairly engrossed on parchment copy to be handwritten. It was handwritten. Fairly engrossed copy would mean that it was handwritten. So I'm going to stop you here a second. I'm going to put out a spoiler alert here for those of you who are fans of national treasure movies which we are (laughs) specifically national treasure 2 she's going to throw out a name here that's historically accurate in the movie go ahead so anyways um congress orders the fairly engrossed on parchment the unanimous declaration of the 13 united states of america to be signed by every member of congress and who do they have to actually write it, who do they get to write it, is a gentleman named Timothy Matlock, who um, was um, the assistant to the Secretary of the Congress at the time, Charles Thompson. So he's actually the one that they have write it out, was the assistant to the Secretary of Congress. Now, here's an interesting fact, too. The one, the the... The Declaration of Independence, that is signed by all those... By all 56 members. 56 members. Mm-hmm. The handwriting, mm-hmm. the person who wrote that out was Timothy Matlock. Yes. That is his handwriting. Timothy not Thomas Matlock. Jefferson's, not Ben Franklin's, not any of the original five on right. the committee. It's Timothy Matlock. That is the document that we... That we see, see, yes. And we know as the Declaration of Independence. Yes. It's that gentleman right there. And I'd never even heard of his name until I saw National Treasure 2, to be honest. I've never heard that name. Unless I learned it in school and, like, it completely blew my mind. You would not have learned it in school because in school you just get, hey, the Declaration, here it is, here it was signed, Ben Franklin wrote it. That's what you learned in school. I heard Thomas Jefferson wrote it. Okay. But, you know, Timothy Matlock, he's the one that wrote, that's his handwriting. So, okay. Yeah. So, anyways, that's what what happens on July 19th. They actually basically say, hey, I need you to write this out for me. Okay. I wonder if he's the one that wrote it out from Thomas Jefferson's notes. Or did he write it from the the printed? I believe, I I think he wrote it from the printed copy because that became the official document. Okay. But right, who knows? So he may have seen it. He may have seen it. He may have touched it. He may have it, you know, locked away somewhere in his papers. I don't know. 
We still don't know. So those of you who've seen those films in school, you know, the, or, 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 or the films that, you know, where they show up with a signing of the declaration, <laughs> you know, the Declaration of Independence uh, or, you know, movies or that thing, that actually took place on August 2nd, 1776. Right. Um, the order of which the signatures are on there are based alphabetically on where they were representing. Isn't it wasn't. It wasn't alphabetically. It was based on their um, location on the United States from the north to the south. So okay, um, I get you. Yeah. So, so it was by region, by region, all the okay. way. Yes. So I believe it was Georgia was actually the last. Of course, the infamous signature of John Hancock. And, was the largest and, and he said he did that so we make sure that king george could see it now here's a little side little spoiler thing too we may do another podcast on this on two people that were very influential in this whole thing which was john hancock and samuel adams those guys were considered uh what's the word um enticers or something but those two guys uh were the ones that were you know, going back and forth with England and ticking everybody off and all that stuff. And actually, they had uh, uh, bounty on their head. To <laughs> from you know, they they, were, they were looking for those guys. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure King George wanted them over there to have a few choice words and then maybe string them up or something like that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so August second was the uh, the signing of the Declaration, and then you know. This date's not on here, but it was in November when it actually reached the official one reached over there. So. Right, when they got the official notification. So, is it time for tidbits yet? Because I got tidbits on the signers. No, go ahead. I, okay. go ahead. I'm going to check make sure we're recording. Oh, goodness, here we go again without recording. <laughs> we are. Yeah, so... Um, I kind of mentioned a, a couple of these guys er, earlier throughout the, you know, the broadcast here. But um, Benjamin Franklin, one of our uh, committee of five, was actually the oldest person to sign the declaration. So at the time of the signing, um, he was 70. And um, he then died... Uh, at 84 back in in 1790 but he was the oldest one to sign it Um, the youngest one to sign it was Edward Rutledge and he was 26 at the time now there was somebody that he beat out as the youngest by only three months because there was another 26 year old who signed it as well and that was thomas lynch jr he was actually just three months older than the youngest so he didn't he he loses out just by that much (laughs) um the one who lived and survived the longest the last surviving signer uh was charles carroll and he died in 1832 and at the time he was 95 years old when he died so he became our last surviving um signer of the declaration i can only imagine like him being there and going i'm the last one everybody else is gone um so anyways um then we had um the most signers by a colony that would at this point now be called a state was, yes, Pennsylvania. They actually had nine signers on the Declaration, and Virginia was the second most with seven. So, 
um, this then this document becomes one of our three charters of freedom. The other two being the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. You got it. Okay. And they are all currently housed? National Archives. National Archives. Yeah. Not where they always were. But, no, that's, uh, that's going to be another, <laughs> another podcast. Another podcast, yeah. You know, the, the traveling... What, is it, what, what was that called? Charters of the Freedom? The Charters of Freedom, yeah. Maybe that'll be our title. The Traveling Charters of Freedom or something like that. But uh, that's that's a whole <clears throat> podcast, and that is very interesting. They weren't always at the National Archives. In fact, it took them a while to get it there. It did and take them a while. a lawsuit, I believe. So. Well, that, it, it was sort of a lawsuit. I mean, they didn't actually like have you know the United States versus whatever, but they actually did go back through all the documentation of all the oldest documents to try to find out when it was originally decided where it should go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, although this is titled "The Truth Behind July, you know July Fourth, we're doing a lot on the Declaration of Independence. There is a lot more about it that we'll do another podcast about the Declaration of Independence, but um, it all evolves around July Fourth, right? And because that's, that's why supposedly we that our day. Independence Day. That's our Independence Day. Well, not really. <laughs> yeah, it's not. So true. the truth is, it's not is really. Is it July second? Is it when we when the right? So war it, broke is out. It is it July second? The Boston Tea Party. You know, really, if you think well, about it, that's when like, they were like, "Hey, we had enough." We, yeah, but they it, didn't separate though. Was then. it August second so, when they signed it? Was it? Who cares? We celebrate yeah. July 4th with blowing right. stuff up. So, <laughs> Just as Adams wanted. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, Just on not the date he wanted. But you know what's interesting? We went to fireworks last night, July 2nd. We did. And they we had did. the correct date. But yeah. I guess it's if it falls on a weekend or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because the ones so we went to, they always have it. Tomorrow. Yeah. And today's the third. So, yeah. um, I don't know. It seems to go on all month. Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. But we we do like to celebrate that. So I have some uh, facts, and then we'll wrap this one up. Okay. Okay. You may have already hit some of them, so um, I'm going to try to read. In case you folks haven't noticed in previous podcasts, I have a problem of talking and reading at the same time. <laughs> I'm not one of those one students that could stand up and read aloud and understand what I was saying. You know. Um, I, I, I do better comprehension reading quietly, but so if I stumble a little bit, just poke me. Okay, Mayor, you got your pencil. All right. <laughs> All right so, uh, number one, and getting back to the movie reference to National Treasure 2, where, where they said, you know, there's something on the back of the declaration and she said, no, there's nothing. I've seen it. That's not true. That is not true. Actually, there is I something think, written on the back. I think she actually says, no, there's nothing on the back except for... Oh, Original she? declaration. Why yeah, have to go back and watch. It, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty okay. sure she says except for <clears throat> original right. declaration so of independence on the back of the Declaration of Independence that is at the National Archives, written by Timothy Matlock. Okay, let's be clear. Okay, <laughs> there is written on the back of it. It says the original Declaration of Independence dated Fourth of July, 1776. Now nobody knows who wrote that on. But it does exist. And the reason why is because they, they think it was a label. They used to roll this thing up. Right. Take it around. And so they would write that on her so they didn't have to unroll it. They know, to oh, know okay, what was that's in the it. Declaration right. of Independence. Yeah. So, so it, was, it was written, the date, by the way, it was written 4th July, 1776. 
the European way of writing. Because yeah. today we write July Fourth, because America but, has to be different. Yes, but the the European way of writing the date is to have the day before the month, and that's day how it is year. written on the back of the Declaration of Independence. So. So this next one is, uh, once the Declaration of Independence had been written and signed, printer John Dunlap was asked to make copies. 20 copies. Now, that's not true. Or is that true? He was asked to make copies, but we don't know how many. Oh, this is Everybody the one where he says, actually made, and you're going to talk about that in the other podcast, where he actually took the handwritten one and made copies. Because it mm, says, after no. it was written and signed. Dunlap did not do that. Okay, well, then that's wrong. Yes. Okay. Um, but they're extremely rare. You said there's only 26 of them in existence. There's only the Dunla- 26 the of them. The Dunlap broadside. There are only 26 right, So I'm known. reading this off of a webpage, and this is wrong. I meant this is wrong. It wasn't the signed ones. It says written and signed. Right. And that's, that's wrong. That's it was, correct. It was the uh, typed out one. Okay, but anyways, um, they're considered extremely rare and valuable. In 1989, someone discovered a previously unknown Dunlap broadside, and it sold for over $8 million in the year 2000. And I'm guessing that was to one of those dollars. three yeah, private collectors. Three private there are three collectors. private collectors that own copies of them. I bet them. you Nicholas Cage is one of them. <laughs> he's, he's broke for buying stupid stuff like that. Either him or Michael Jackson or anything. You know, anyway, oh, okay. Yeah, well, but, there are 26 known that are still in existence. Three of them are to those private collectors, of which I wish I was one. Yeah, $8 million. Wow. Yeah, but there are some that are a little bit more affordable that are cooler than the broadside ones because they're actually done in handwritten font rather than Mm. being the um, actual typeface version. But, of course, they're not as old as the broadside. Yeah. And those would be the Tyler ones. All right, we're, we're we'll talk about the Tyler ones okay. on another episode. All right, so you already mentioned this before. Although Thomas Jefferson is often called the author of the Declaration of Independence, he wasn't the only one who contributed important ideas. Jefferson was a member of a five-person committee appointed to, or appointed by the Continental Congress to write the Declaration. The committee included Jefferson, Benjamin Franklin, John Adams, uh, Robert Livingston, and Rod, uh, Roger Sherman, which you mentioned those earlier i did right. i okay. did so now but this one she's biting her tongue I, to the I next am. fact go ahead go ahead you can do it when the official document was signed robert livingston one of the actual committee of five never signed it yeah so he was part of the committee to come up with it and write it and he refused to sign it he thought it was just a little bit too soon to to declare independence he kind of wanted he got scared he kind of wanted to stick with britain yeah he got scared yeah so you want to do the next one i don't know what's (coughs) what do you have uh i don't know where you are i was just talking about okay you do you do the next one there all right well when Jefferson was writing the original draft by himself, sitting there in that room going, oh, I can't believe they're making me do it by myself. Um, He decided that he was going to draw upon some sources that he had, you know, at his disposal. So he looked at the preamble 
for the Virginia Constitution, his own draft, and George Mason's draft of Virginia's Declaration of Rights. So as he's trying to come up with, hey, what would it be good for the whole group of us? Let's look at what we've come up with for Virginia. So that's what he actually ended up doing was he looked at, you know, what they had in the Virginia Constitution preamble and in their Declaration of Rights. Yeah. Now, as we said before, I mean, there was 86 different changes done to that, to his original draft. And he wasn't happy about those changes. Right. One of them in which that he really was not happy about, which is quite interesting anyways, was that... The original draft had language in there condemning the British for the promotion of slave trade, although Jefferson was a slave owner. Okay? So this criticism about the slave trade was actually removed in spite of Jefferson's objections. Yeah. So, you know... Going down the road there with Abraham Lincoln, Mm -hmm. with the Emancipation Proclamation and Civil Rights Movement and all that stuff with Kennedy's administration and all that stuff. They originally, Thomas Jefferson originally had that in in the draft of the Declaration of Independence. Can you imagine, can you imagine if that was still in there back in 1776? Our country would be a lot different. A lot different. Yeah. A lot. Mm-hmm. And understandably, you know, he was upset about that being taken out. So yeah. He that, did not that's want an that interesting out. factor right there. Yeah. He definitely wanted that in. And it is quite interesting. He himself had slaves, mm-hmm. but yet was willing to condemn the idea of slave trade. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, like we mentioned before, too, and we're going to do another podcast that. The actual Declaration of Independence, Constitution, Bill of Rights didn't actually arrive to the National Archives until 1952. Yeah. That's a long And he did not make a mistake on that date. 1952. 19, not 17. Well, that would be before. Or 18 would be after. 1952. Yeah. That's amazing. It was a long, long travels that the Declaration actually had. There's just tons of places that it was all along the way. Now, you talked about the two youngest signers of the Declaration and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, And then we also talked about Thomas Jefferson and John Adams. Both died on the 50th anniversary Mm -hmm. of the Declaration of Independence. But this next one, I want you to uh, go over a little bit more. This is kind of interesting. Some of the wording that is actually in the document, where, where it came from and how he adopted some of Virginia stuff. So Yeah, so if you remember a minute or so ago, we were kind of talking about how, you know, he was sitting there and he was drawing on Virginia's paperwork and, and documentation for their their uh, rights list and things like that. And some of the most famous lines in our declaration were actually inspired by Virginia's Declaration of Rights that George Mason himself had written. One of those lines is, in Virginia's declaration, it said, all men are born equally free and independent. Jefferson took that, and in the Declaration of Independence, he modified that, twisted it around just slightly, and says, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. 
And um, he, Mason, also had listed in Virginia's Declaration of Rights that um, natural rights, that man had natural rights, and he listed them as enjoyment of life and liberty with the means of acquiring and possessing property and pursuing and obtaining happiness and safety. And Jefferson took that list and kind of shortened it slightly. And he says, man's inalienable rights as life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And that, I think, is by far one of the most famous lines of of that um, document. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Everybody uses that quick statement. And that also came as a result of his you know, reading of Mason's right. rights list from Virginia. Right. It's kind of um, shortened, <clears throat> tweaked it. So this next one, uh, nine signers of the Declaration died before the American Revolution ended in 1783. See, then again, it's like, which nine? You know, I actually nine. could tell you that. I don't I have it don't like have in, front in front of me, of me but I actually have That's a list of all the signers when they died, how many kids they had, um, all wow. kinds okay. of information about them. But I, I yeah. struck a nerve. You all did. Right. I have yeah. that information. If I only knew you wanted it, <laughs> I could have told you. All right. So in the summer of 1776, when the declaration was signed, the population of the nation, the new nation, United States, States. of America, yes. the population was about 2.5 million. Today, the population is more than 300 million. That's a big growth, but uh, it is. Yeah. But we also have, you know, expanded far west as well and north and south, if you think about it. So, the oldest signer, and you said this, was mm-hmm. Benjamin Franklin, who was born in 1706. So, he was 70. Uh, in 1776. Right. He went on and, and did even more. He negotiated the Treaty of Alliance with France in 1778, the Treaty of Paris, which ended the Revolutionary War in 1783. And, of course, he did a lot of other things as yeah. well. You know, all the inventions and, you know, yeah. we know Ben Frank. Ben Franklin. He's he's our He's our man, right? Right. He can't now, do it. No, I can't. No, okay. the, <laughs> the only signer of the Declaration of Independence to survive beyond the 50th anniversary uh, was Charles Carroll of Maryland. Uh, he died in 1832 yeah. when he was 95 years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay, you want to go ahead and do this next one? All right. So, all of the signers were not from the United States. None of them were. Oh, of course. Yeah, there was no there was no United States. So, in fact, it was actually all but 8 of them were born in the colonies that we we would eventually have as the United States. All but 8 of them were actually born in the colonies. So they were born here, but they But of course, born in the United, the United States. States didn't exist, so they weren't really born in the United States. So all but 8. All but 8. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Um, so here's another one, too, that's kind of interesting, and this this ties in the Liberty Bell. Um, as we mentioned before, the first public reading was in uh, Philadelphia, July 8th, 1776. Um, but there was a story that was written in, eight, in the 1840s that suggested that there was a bell that rang, which was the Liberty Bell, 
that brought everybody together to come down to hear the the reading and everything. Um, however, historians now doubt that this happened. And the reason why was at that time in the 1840s, the steeple that housed the bell was in bad condition and was probably unusable. So, so they probably had a little bell and yeah. they were had on a, on a little stand in the middle of town, chime, chime, chime. Or maybe they just said, hey, tomorrow at noon we'll have a thing, come by. Yeah, I mean, it's a cool story. Yeah. Hey, they rang the Liberty Bell and come and do, 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 do. But, all right, so this last one. Although uh, August 2nd mm-hmm. was the date of the official signing ceremony, right? Uh, there were several who actually signed it uh, later, the later dates. Um, yeah, it's amazing. We we go say, hey, July 2nd, we're going to do this. July 4th, we're going <laughs> to say it's official. But then, you know, we're going to wait a little while because we didn't really make it official till July 9th when the 13th colony did it. And then, oh, well, we'll have this signing on August 2nd. And there's still Not people who don't there. get there. So uh, these signers, these late signers, included Elridge Jerry, Oliver Wolcott, Lewis Morris, Thomas McKean, and Matthew Thornton. Thornton. Yeah. So... Yeah, so not everybody even did it on the second. Yeah, really, not everybody signed it on the second. So that's kind of interesting. So July 4th. (laughs) Yeah, that's the truth behind July 4th. Uh, I guess if you just had to pick a day out of that whole timeline and say July 4th, I guess it works, but okay. That's the date that's on there. It is. Alrighty, folks, well. That's going to end this one. And, it's going to uh, wrap it up. Going to wrap it up. Um, I would love to add a little segment here at the end of each one of these, but that's going to require more help from our listeners. Yes. <laughs> um, all of season one, we were begging people to make comments and send us right. you know, emails or whatever, um, and then we were going to answer questions or whatever on the future podcast. Right. And we finally got one. Yeah, we no did. Way. But it was it wasn't during while we were doing this. Right. This was March of this year yeah. after they were out there. Right. So we we we're going to call this the correspondence segment okay. of the podcast, and hopefully we have more. And I'll tell you guys how you can contact us. But we got an email from Aaron Forsberg um, in March of this year. Right. Okay. Um, Do you want to read it? No, go ahead. Oh, come on. All right. It says, Hi, guys. Uh, I found your podcast, and I have been binge listening. I love it. That's awesome. Okay. Uh, I listened to your episode about the Cigar Girl and thought you'd be interested in another podcast called Unsolved Murders. Uh, Aaron, thank you very much. That sounds like one I would love. We are actually (laughs) going to go out there and and search for that podcast because that sounds pretty cool. Um, But they recently did an episode on the Cigar Girl as well. Uh, Just thought you would want to know. uh, They have some theories of theirs about what happened to her as well. Now, we we post some theories, Mm -hmm. um, my theory, your theory, that kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, I want to go and track that down and listen to it. That's awesome. This is is why we're doing this. That's right. You know, send us more stuff. So um, I hope there's going to be a season two. Ah, there is. There it is. This is the first episode, and we thank you very, very, very much for... uh, uh, your email and it says uh, thanks for the great episodes Aaron Forsberg so 
this is awesome. I love getting, yes. you know, this is the first email we got. I hope we get more. Please, please, please send us more emails. Um, here's how you can do it. It's very simple. You don't even need an email address. You can actually go to our blog site, which is, I'll see if I get this right, because it's been nine months, folks. Okay. It is, and I don't know off the top of my head. That's how bad I am. I'm going to bring it up. It is untoldhistoryrevealed.blogspot.com. Yes. And you would think, being that I have a side business that does <laughs> websites and stuff, I would shorten that URL. Maybe I will someday. I don't know. But anyways, it's Untold History Revealed, all crammed together. Yes. Dot blogspot.com. You go to our blog, and there's some other stuff on there that might not even be related to some of our podcasts that we... Right, we, we never... Or uh, we haven't done them yet or something. Did a blog on um, But uh, it's just cool things that, that we found and stuff like that. But anyways... If you scroll down on the on the right hand side, underneath where it shows our current episodes and how to search and everything, there's a contact form, and this is how Erin contacted us. She just filled that form out, real simple, and it shoots us an email. Awesome, easy. Please do that if you're listening to these podcasts. If you like them, if you have suggestions for other topics, we might already have the stuff, and we just have to pull it out of a file folder or something. Um, like we have file folders. It's all in our heads somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Or boxes or, or whatever. boxes from our trips. No, why are you gonna tell people that? I was gonna make it sound like we're all organized. <laughs> 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 but anyways, or comments. If you if you don't agree with our opinions or what we're saying or you've heard something different or whatever, please tell us. You know, that's the whole point of this is just to have open communications and kind of record stuff for future generations. And yeah, because as you mentioned earlier in this broadcast, in school, they don't have a lot of time to go in-depth oh, exactly. in a lot of and these things. And, like I, and a lot of this history is being lost. I just said a little bit ago, in 1840, uh, a story came out that they rang the Liberty Bell during that thing, and that might not be true. Right. So. There you go. All right, so that's going to end this episode. So until next time. Until next time. You've been listening to Untold History. Re-